Well, you know what I think. I'm a Christian. I'm not going to deny that. I do want everyone to feel comfortable. That's why I'd like to talk to you about Jesus. Please do not go religious. Somebody's going to hell over there. He better not. Even the devil will speak the truth for, for his own purposes. This is war. Accept it. Back to Jerusalem podcast. Yeah, I'm back and I'm armed with righteousness. With your host, Eugene Bach. He just seems like he's got it all figured out. He's a righteous dude. Yep. Hello and welcome to another Back to Jerusalem podcast. I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, and I'm coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of England this time. But my guests are in Indiana, and I'm super excited to have them come on. They have a book that kind of caught my attention, and I thought it lined up great with our mission community uh, that listens to our podcast on a regular basis. So I wanted to share it with you our audience. So I'm super excited to welcome Jim and Faith Watkins. Uh, you guys, can you hear me okay? Yep. yep. Great. Uh, Jim, Faith, uh, it's great to have you on our podcast. Thanks. Good to be here. Yeah. Thank you for having us. I saw your book and I have to be honest, I don't think I've, I would have even looked at it if it wouldn't have had such a clever cover title. Well, it, the name of the book is called Praise the Lord and Pass the Prozac. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I love kind of the humor already from the very beginning, and it's a great communication tool just by hearing that. So uh, I, I wanted to invite you on and share a little bit about your experience and about the book. Sure thing. Yeah, so I know you're a father-daughter team. Is that correct? Yes. Yep. So can you tell us <laughs> a little bit? Can you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Just a little bit of an introduction and about the book. Okay. Um, my name is Faith Watkins, and I have been a, a licensed clinical therapist uh, for about twenty years, and um, I'm also a licensed addictions counselor. So um, I've I was really excited when my dad uh, brought this idea to me, and it's been really fun and encouraging to share my experience in the book. Yeah, I think we make a good team. Uh, my degree is in theology from Indiana Wesleyan University, and so I've been in ministry all my life. Uh, I've been a writer all my life, uh, 20 traditionally published books I've spoken throughout the United States, around the world. Uh, but only in the last couple of years, I've really been talking and writing about mental health and so uh, I thought we would make a good team. We've got the theology, we've got the psychology, we've got the, the biblical principles, the behavioral principles. And I think it makes just a really good uh, combination there to get a broad issues. Yeah, uh, one, of the, one of the things that kind of prompted me to connect with you is that, you know, in China, we've seen these draconian lockdowns. And that's where I've lived for over 20 years, right? So I've lived, I've lived in China for over 20 years working together with the Underground House Church. And one of the things that I've noticed in the last two years has been because of these draconian lockdowns, which has been different than anywhere else in the world. I mean, America experienced um, lockdowns where I'm at right now in Europe. We had lockdowns in every country except for Sweden. Uh, but uh, China, it was on a different level. I don't even know if it's proper to say lockdowns. I mean, it's almost been prison confinement where fences were put around buildings right. and doors were nailed shut. And then they had these these massive cities that were built where individuals were dragged on buses and put into solitary confinement for months at a time. 
And that wow. really messed with the mental health of so many different individuals and even those that might have been more uh, susceptible maybe to depression, found themselves suicidal. So we saw the rate kind of skyrocket in China in the last yeah. couple of years. And so uh, I, from what I understand, Jim, uh, you were at one t point um, diagnosed with clinical depression. Is that correct? Right, right. And going back to suicide, uh, my doctor said I probably have been clinically depressed all of my life. You know, it is biochemical. Uh, in fact, my blood type is B negative. So yeah, what chance did I have? <laughs> um, but I remember probably about six, six or seven years old, uh, just this dark, oppressive cloud. I was walking to the school bus and I saw this huge earth mover come thundering down the road. They're working on interstate highway. And I thought, you know, I could step out in front of that and this would all be over. And, uh, Ironically, the only thing that kept me from taking my life was knowing if I committed suicide, my parents would kill me. So it's kind of that's the thinking of uh, a mental illness, probably. But so I've I've dealt with that on and off, and so I was finally diagnosed uh, at forty, uh, having clinical depression, got on some medication, had dramatic uh, change. Not that meds are you know the total answer. Uh, but it gave me that extra mental boost to do what I needed to do, to get out of bed, to eat right, to exercise. Um, and so it's just going to be a little bit of extra mental boost uh, to get over that hump. And so I just, I really appreciate um, a doctor diagnosing me. And so I've been very evangelistic about uh, you know, talking to your primary health care provider if you feel like you have uh, depression. A question that I have, especially um, when, Jim, you say that you, uh, your degree or your background is in theology, uh, mm -hmm. is, wouldn't there be, I mean, I could see that faith, maybe you would see this from more of a clinical side, uh, you being a licensed therapist, but uh, Jim, you being uh, kind of worthless in your degree, like myself, a theologian, uh, <laughs> what did you do to kind of not see this as a spiritual problem? I mean, isn't that, wouldn't that be a tendency of many Christians to kind of see this spiritually rather than, than clinically, or is there a difference? How did you tackle that? Exactly. When I, I made the mistake once of mentioning in a small group that I was suffering from depression and boy, I just got, there's unconfessed sin in your life. You don't have faith and you have stinking thinking. And <laughs> um, I, I look at the Bible and right from the get go in, um, Genesis 3, we have the fall where everything is contaminated by sin. And so uh, because a lot of mental health issues are biochemical, uh, it's a natural uh, of all. I mean, we have um, cyclones, we have psychoses, we have dust storms, we have depression, we have landslides, we have suicides. And so my theology works really well with us all. I mean, they had some major mood swings. Just read uh, Psalm 21, 22, and 23. It's a roller coaster of emotion. Then you've got Job, Elijah, Jonah, who had suicidal ideation. Uh, you've got Gideon, who had such a negative self-image. you got Peter. That guy had to have ADHD. 
and uh, and Jesus was a man of sorrow, acquainted with grief. And I said, I wonder sometimes, did, did he have clinical depression? So, uh, no, my theology, and and I've got a minor in psychology, I, I think they fit together well. It's a great explanation of how the fall has affected all areas of our life. Uh, Faith, when when you look at this uh, and, and the role that kind of you played in the in the book, what was what was your experience? Did have you suffered uh, at all from clinical depression? I mean, sometimes I don't know, Jim, your situation, but uh, sometimes this is uh, her- hereditary, right? This passes down through generations. Uh, did this impact you at all, Faith? Um, yeah, I I first noticed um, feeling depressed after I had children. Um, I know that I had a postpartum depression with both my girls and I was put on medication. Um, and then I, th- I dad and I kind of joke around that anxiety runs in our family. Um, yeah. And so I may not have maybe how his manifests or I know my grandmother had anxiety. Um, but yeah, I've, I've become much more aware in the last few years that, um, yeah, that I struggle with anxiety as well. And I've come to realize that, um, I noticed it spiked like you were talking about, um, with the lockdowns. I noticed when COVID came out, my anxiety kind of skyrocketed as did, you know, everyone else's, but I, um, you know, I was starting to feel like headaches and my stomach hurt and I couldn't sleep. And I was, you know, as a therapist, I was even confused, like what is going on with me? Um, and then I, I realized, oh, this is this is anxiety. This is what it feels like. So I feel like, yeah, there have been moments in my life where I've struggled with it um, and definitely times when it's spiked <laughs> and then other times when I've been pretty, yeah, pretty well. So I feel like both of us together have those experiences. And then also I have the clinical experience, you know, working with clients um, with those issues as well. So I feel like we make a, like my dad said, we make a really good team. With the experiences that you've had, Faith, in uh, dealing with clients and and patients, um, did that prompt you to do this book or what was, what was kind of the genesis of this, of this project? Um, I, I think I'm going to let my dad answer that because he was the one that had the idea and came to me. So I think he could probably answer that better. Well, you know, I've got the the theological background and, you know, I can give you all the Bible verses, but I thought we needed uh, an expert on the psychology of uh, mental health issues as well. And so obviously I've got a daughter who has her master's in psychology. She's got her uh, licensed clinical social worker degree. And I thought that would be perfect. So I'll write the devotionals. And um, my tagline is hope and humor. So a lot of the devotionals just have a lot of humor in them. Uh, We actually have a a support group in our book made up of uh, Bible characters, and they're dealing with their social or excuse me, psychological issues. (laughs) But I wanted to make sure we had a balance there between biblical and behavioral theology, psychology, and uh, face the ideal person to do that. <laughs> okay, can can you give us an example? Like, what does that look like when you're talking about this uh, support group made up of uh, of, of characters? Oh, 
uh, if I had the book here real quick, I'd just read you. But um, yeah, uh, David is going on about his bipolar, and uh, he <laughs> quotes from uh, Psalm 21, 22, and 23. Uh, 21 is just how God is so wonderful and has answered all his prayers. And then Psalm 22 is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the rest of the psalm goes down from there. But then Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Uh what should I uh, want? And um, and then we have uh, the demoniac. He's got some self-control issues. Uh, we've got uh, Peter, who obviously is ADHD, and is always sticking his foot in his mouth during the support group. Uh, we've got Job, we've got Moses. Uh, we've got Martha, who's OCD. And she's in charge of refreshments and just makes these ornate productions out of snacks uh, so i had that just kind of came to me i thought well, this this could be really a depressing book so i just I just felt like god giving me the inspiration to have this kind of zany support group of biblical characters and they discuss their issues so it was it was great fun to write i i think it um it draws people in uh i actually taught a course at taylor university on writing with humor and Initially, I thought, oh, man, these parents are going to think I'm paying thousands of dollars for my kid to learn how to write humor. So I did all this scholarly study uh, just to verify that this was an important class and found out that humor uh, increases your attention, your retention and your comprehension. And I think uh, humor also is kind of like laughing gas. It allows you to deal with some very, very sensitive topics. Um in a way that's non-threatening and and humor also really brings your defenses down so uh, i'm just very uh, adamant that humor is a tr tremendous way to communicate even jesus getting off a little track here but just this is throwing in for free uh <laughs> jesus was a stand-up comic i mean, the hip humor at that time was hyperbole so when he's talking about Pharisees swallowing camels and camels going through needle's eyes, he would have them rolling on the hillside. And he also had ridiculous situations like putting a lamp under a bed. Now in our culture, that, that doesn't seem funny at all. But you realize in first century Palestine, a bed is a flat, dry grass mat and a lamp is an open flame. You're not gonna hide that lamp for very long <laughs> before you've got a major fire. So so Jesus used humor. There's actually a book called The Humor of Christ by Elton Trueblood. It would be a great read to uh, just make well, a point. I, one, of the things, one of the things that I- To communicate and to, uh, and to deal with those who have depression, yeah. anxiety, any of the psychoses. One of the things that I loved about what you just said is that in, in, in the humor is great, but you've also humanized uh, the 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 character, the biblical characters, which is what the Bible does, right? But because so many of us read the Bible in such a holy context, many of us still cling to the King James version. Um, and so we, we see it as this, you know, this holy book, which it absolutely is, but then we ceremoniously kind of categorize the characters as if they are not human. They are somehow supernatural beings that we can learn from in the study of the Bible. But when you show their very human side in a, in a humorous way, I, I think that it makes them more relatable, especially if we can see ourselves 
in someone who's bipolar like David or someone who has OCD, uh, you know, that, that wants to serve others. I mean, I think that that's a, what a great way to, to, to share with, with people the, the, um, maybe how everyone could, not everyone maybe, but, but how many people can suffer from depression and not be unbiblical. Uh, I, I don't know if that's a great way to say it, but um, at least from, you know, just hearing you talk and share about your book, uh, Jim, I think that, that that really does make it more relatable to someone like me. Oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah, and if I could jump in, um, my, my own personal experience um, with Bible characters is I went through a period when I had some pretty unhealthy relationships and I was making decisions that were not you know, what God wanted me to do. And I actually, God actually led me to look at some of the Bible characters and to see how God came near to them um, in their struggle in that area. So Rahab was a really big hero for me and just seeing the way that God worked in her life with her past and also the woman at the well, the way that Jesus just came to her and showed her compassion um, despite the decisions that she'd made and being married to so many men. And, um, and so for me, I could completely relate on a personal level that I kind of created my own Bible group, um, <laughs> so to speak. And they, they encouraged me, you know, it was my, I, in the book, I mentioned that it's my love addicts anonymous, um, group. And in my group is Rahab and, um, the woman at the well, so, yeah, I ha I've actually used that in my own life, and it's been encouraging um, just to see the way that, that Jesus comes near to people who are struggling. And I, and I just think it's beautiful. Yeah, I, I mean, for, for me, like I said, coming out of the, the context of China today, uh, we see so many people that are wrestling with the, the the very things that you're talking about, and um, <laughs> and I have to say, I mean, I, I I'm I'm not a I'm not a a professional in any way on this. I can't speak about it intelligently. That's why I wanted you guys to come on. Um, but I can't think of any other more depressing subject than to talk about depression. And then, <laughs> Absolutely, and, and then for somebody who's suffering from depression, talk to them about something depressing. <laughs> I, um, I love this. I love the humor. Uh, and I love the, the approach that you guys have taken. Uh, let me ask on, on one more item. Uh, as I look at the title of the book, praise the Lord and pass the Prozac. What is, what is the, the, the element of medication that you guys talk about? Is there uh, uh Jim, you had talked about your, uh, your, diagnosis of finding out that you have a, uh, a chemical challenge. Uh -huh. um, what, what do you guys share at all about um, medications, the impact, the impact of, of a person's body and their chemical makeup? And uh, Just quickly uh, say something, I'll turn it over to our expert faith, but um, I would really, when people blast me for not having enough faith, I would love to say to them, well, then you need to have more faith about your blood pressure meds. You need to have more faith. You're wearing glasses. Have some more faith <laughs> for your vision problems. Or um, if I was really being snarky, well, you need to have more faith for your ED. Uh, but I, I never say that because I'm too nice. But um, 
a, a lot of Christians are wearing glasses, taking blood pressure medicine, they're diabetic, uh, and that doesn't seem to be a problem, but there's something about mental health issues. I've suggested we call it um, mind cancer, because everybody loves cancer. Right? Mm. I mean, most people <laughs> have cancer. I was diagnosed in 2008, I'm cancer-free now, but wow, everybody came out of the woodwork to support me and to encourage me. So. Um, I just think we need to open our eyes as a church that so many of us are on other kind of medications for physical problems. We should apply that to mental health. I'll turn it over to Faith. Now. <laughs> um, yeah, I was going to say I have a lot of clients. Um, I work at a Christian agency now, so a lot of my clients I work with are Christians. And a lot of my job is helping educate them about um the chemical aspect of depression um, and, and just kind of normalizing that because they come with a lot of fears and a lot of um, false beliefs or ideas that they've gotten either from the church or from culture. Um, and so that I find myself a lot in sessions, just talking them through and saying, this is something, you know, helpful. It can give you a little boost, um, especially when I find the clients are really struggling just in therapy and they're not following through with homework assignments or they're just not being able to do the bare minimum. And so I'll often suggest to them, maybe, maybe you could talk with your doctor about getting on a medication to give you that little umph or a little bump, uh -huh. you know, it's not a cure all. I wish, right. you know, I know every one of my clients wishes there was a cure all, you know, take a pill and your trauma memories are gone or take a pill and your anxiety is completely gone. That's not what we're saying, but it can give a little boost so that they can actually do the things that they need to do. Um, that's going to help them better manage their, their mental health. Well, I, One of the things we yes. have in the book are 10 affirmations. Let me just quickly go through it. But I'm yes. not alone. I am loved. I am seen. I am important. I am planned. I am forgiven. I am mm. present. I'm empowered. I'm victorious and I'm eternal. And I think the most important one is to know that I am not alone. Mm. Um, one in five adults in the United States have experienced a mental health issue. 63 million Americans have anxiety disorders. And worldwide, and they're coming from China, they're, according to the um, Institute of Mental Health Metrics and Evaluation, 792 million people, or one in 10 people around the world in China, here in the United States, have a mental health disorder. And so it is so very, very common. And I think it's just tragedy, tragic that the church has not addressed something that's affecting one out of 10 in their congregation. Yeah. 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 I, oh, I was going to say yes, too, please, please. along with that, that, you know, in my conversation with um, clients, I, I do normalize and I do want to let them know that they're not alone. And so, you know, a lot of times I'll disclose to them that, you know, I've taken medication um, at times in my life and I share with them how it's benefited me or helped me be able to function and um, and kind of move forward. So I feel like, you know, and clients really resonate with that. They're mm -hmm. like, oh, my therapist takes medication. Mm -hmm. um, and, and being able to share that experience with them also helps them feel like, oh, I'm not alone. This isn't something <laughs> that, you know, is a sin issue or, you know, 
a faith issue, but yeah, that we, we all struggle, even therapists and pastors and theologians um, struggle with this. Yeah, one of the things that um, there's there's a show in um, in in Sweden that I enjoy watching. It's called Bonus Family, uh, Bonus Familia. And when they when when we watch it, uh, it's it, it, the whole thing is kind of revolving around this um, family that is kind of broken up, and they have different marriages, and the children are kind of caught in the middle, and they have to go to group therapy sessions on a regular basis. But what is what is interesting about this show is that they also follow the uh, clinicians and how they have big issues and are taking uh, oh. <laughs> the different drugs. And uh, it's, it's all done with humor and seriousness. It's a, it's a phenomenal right. show, but they, they show the backside of the, of the therapist and what the therapists go through, um, right. which is exactly what, you know, you were talking about faith. Um, yeah. I love this. I love what you guys have shared about your book, praise the Lord and pass the Prozac a hopeful, helpful, humorous devotional. I know that it's available on Amazon. Uh, is there another place where you guys would suggest that? Do you have a website that people could go to if they wanted to purchase this book or find out more information about you? Well, thank you for asking, Eugene. <laughs> <laughs> they can go to jameswatkins.com slash Prozac, P-R-O-Z-A-C. And we just got a ton of resources there. Not only can you read uh, the first uh, chapter that has the support group and introduces the, the book, uh, there are resources of mental health uh, programs. Uh, we also have a uh, playlist on uh, Spotify that has some songs that we just have found so helpful in dealing with our own mental health issues. So jameswatkins.com slash Prozac. And you can actually go to any bookstore and order it. It's not readily available to every single bookstore, but you can, if you prefer not to go to Amazon, uh, go to bookstores, uh, Barnes & Noble, uh, christianbooks.com, uh, as they say, wherever books are sold, you can find it. I also have a website, um, www.recoveringlove.com. And there's also a link to purchase our book as well as um, some work that I'm doing on my own personal, um, story and, um, some things to come. So, um, your audience can also check out my website as well. And what is that address again, Faith? www.recoveringlove.com. Oh, love That's it. Great. Yeah, absolutely love it. So again, if you want to purchase this book, uh, you can go to jameswatkins.com slash Prozac or go to recoveringlove.com. Both of those locations, you'll be able to find this book. Uh, guys, I'm a bit jealous that uh, you are in Indiana at the moment. I am in rainy England without good food. I would love, I would give anything to go to Ivanhoe's right now uh, and have a good chili dog uh, or Harford City uh, Pizza King and have a royal feast. <laughs> uh, thank you guys. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for joining us for the Back to Jerusalem podcast. It has been a real joy having you with us. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you for having us. And thank you for downloading this Back to Jerusalem podcast. Again, I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of the UK. God bless. <laughs>